Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to us, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can give a one-time uh, donation to support the show at support.greatdetectives.net or by mailing in a check to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho 83715. Uh, in addition to access to our premium site during the listener support campaign with a donation of $20 or more, I'll send you a choice of one of seven ebooks, as well as an additional thank you gift at the uh, $20 or more level. At the $20 level, we'll send you our, one of the very popular Perry Mason mysteries from the Colonial Radio Theater on the air. And for our U.S. or Canadian listeners, with a donation of $75 or more, we'll be happy to send you complete Miss Marple, or Poirot short stories by Agatha Christie. A full list of available items are at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of The Adventures of Ellery Queen. And there are 14 weeks of lost episodes between last week's show and this one. And this is, unfortunately, the last episode of Ellery Queen featuring Larry Dopkin. The original air date is March the 17th of 1948. The title is The Armchair Detective. The following program is transcribed. Ellery Queen. In the interest of a safer American home, a happier American community, a more united state, the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Ellery Queen. I dedicate this program to the fight against crime. Not only crimes of violence and crimes of dishonesty, but also crimes of intolerance, discrimination, and bad citizenship. Crimes against America. The American Broadcasting Company presents another case in the career of Ellery Queen, celebrated fighter of crime. As usual, Ellery invites you to match wits with him as he relates the mystery. And before revealing the solution, he gives you a chance to solve it. Tonight, Ellery's guest armchair detective, who will represent you home armchair detectives, is the popular Hollywood columnist, Miss Sheila Graham. And now, Ellery Queen, your host for the next half hour. Thank you, Paul Masterson. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard me investigate crimes in just about every imaginable place. Well, our crime tonight took place in the strangest locale of all. Right on my own radio program. I call it... The Up... Oh. Ellery, hold Paul. it, will you? Oh, what's the matter, Paul? What is it? Ellery, you can't do this. You'll have to switch. Give us another Paul, case. why? Murder on the Queen show? Are you crazy? You'll scare the bajinkers out of people, Ellery. They'll think it's actually happening in this studio yes, during very, this broadcast. Very good point, Paul. Yes, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, I ask you to be sure and keep in mind throughout the next half hour that you're listening to a case from the past, a crime that occurred a long time ago. Satisfied, Paul? Thanks, Ellery. <laughs> it's a case I've always called... The Armchair Detective. Uh, 
veteran Queen fans will recall that in the early days of our radio show, as today, I invited some well-known person to come to the studio and sit in the guest detective's armchair. Then, as now, it was usually fun. But on the night I have in mind, things didn't quite go in the usual way. That night, about 15 minutes before we were scheduled to go on the air, in the studio... Everybody got the cuts? I think so. Phil, how are we on time? We'll have to pick up 15 seconds, Hillary. Oh, so... Norm, Tess, and Phil to work again. All right, coming, Nick. Who is it tonight? Dr. Monty McKing. Who? You know, the college professor who has his own radio show. McKing's English. Oh, oh. Correct English crusader. That's right. Better brush up my grammar. (laughs) After you, Nicky. Thank you. Ah, here's Miss Porter again. Uh, Dr. McKing... Ellery Queen in the body. <laughs> How do you do, sir? I'm almost afraid to answer, Dr. McKing. I might hang a participle or something. <laughs> Darling. Oh, Rosemary, I'm sorry. My dear, may I present Mr. Ellery Queen? How do you do, Mrs. McKing? Mr. And uh, this character is my brother and business manager, Bud McKing. Oh, hello there. I uh, think our paths have crossed in radio, Bud. As a small business... Say, Ellery, seeing that we're pals, how about tipping Monty off to tonight's solution? Huh? Oh, sorry. <laughs> and we are rebuffed. Yeah, <laughs> like. And uh, oh, yes, sorry, Elsie. Uh, my secretary, Miss Woolen. Miss oh, Woolen. This is really a thrill, Mister Queen. I'm a, I'm a died in the wool Queen fan. <laughs> Why isn't that nice? Thank Ellery? you, Miss Woolen. <laughs> oh, Doctor McKinney, we haven't too much time. Shall we go into the guest detective room? Oh, yeah. uh, Monty's oh. to sit in a special room, Mister Queen. Right in here, Missus McKinney. Oh. Oh, You see, we try to duplicate a home atmosphere. Oh, Nicky, would you pour me a glass of water, please? My throat's dry. There's only one seat here. You know, you can't see the broadcast in this room. Oh, is that so? You just hear it, as you would in your own home. Program's piped in here from the control room, Monty. You get it through that, that loudspeaker. Oh, how interesting. Oh, so I see, but At the uh, proper time, Mr. Queen, I take it I extemporize in that microphone above the table? Yes, Doctor. Yes, it's strictly an ad-lib spot. Immediately after my announcement on the air that I know who committed the crime, Nikki and I dash into this room from the studio, seat ourselves on the other side of the table from you, and then we hold a three-cornered post-mortem over the court. Not <laughs> Dr. McKing's corpse, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Elsie, do I detect an unconscious secretarial wish to achieve my destruction? <laughs> Marty, I don't find that a bit funny. Don't come, Rosemary. But, Mrs. McKing, I didn't know no. that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Ellery, don't have to hurry. Oh, right, Nikki, yes. I should explain, no one's allowed in this room but our guest of the evening. So, Nikki, if you'll show the rest of Dr. McKing's party into the client's booth. Oh, certainly. Oh, this oh, is I that. thought you would be well, here Good luck, Now, if you get thirsty during the broadcast, Doctor, here's a pitcher of water right on the table. Oh, oh yes, thank you. Oh, Phil. Yes, Henry. How about a quick level? Whenever he's ready. Uh-huh. All right, if you'll be seated, Dr. McKing. Oh, yes, thank you. And say something into the mic, anything <coughs> at all. Just a voice level, sir. <laughs> I left Dr. McKing alone in the armchair detective's room. We went on the air with our program, and in due course, I reached the point in our mystery where I was able to... But, Ellery, do you mean to say... Yes, Dad. Now I know who committed the murder. Nicky and I hurried to the armchair detective's room as usual. There was Dr. McKing, a little nervous, but otherwise himself. I said into the table, Mike. And there, ladies and gentlemen, you have the mystery. 
Now, let's see what our guest armchair detective has to say, Nikki. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, our guest is the famous Dr. Monty McKing, founder and leading light of that popular radio program, McKing's English. All I can think of at this moment, Dr. McKing, is McQueen's ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> you're too modest, Emily. You're not the worst offender by any means. <laughs> oh, you're sometimes guilty of ellipses. Is that bad, Doctor? <laughs> <laughs> but you usually avoid committing such truly foul crimes against our mother tongue as needless variants, irrelevant allusions, pleonasms, periphrasy. Surrender. <laughs> <laughs> but to get away from the English language and how not to use it, Dr. McKing, I hear you're famous in a different sphere altogether. Yes. You're said to be able to whip up a mean bouillabaisse, Doctor. Oh, yes, Nikki. I am an enthusiastic amateur chef. Doesn't your wife resent it? On the contrary, Nikki. Mrs. McKing is only too happy to leave the solution of our household's culinary mysteries to me. Ah, talking about solving mysteries, Dr. McKing. Oh, dear. <laughs> I find that drought has suddenly attacked my vocal cords. Simple, we'll irrigate them. Nikki, will you oblige? I'm way ahead of you, Ellery. Here you are, Dr. McKing. A nice wet glass of water. Oiled. <laughs> Thank you. Now, as soon as you're through oiling your larynx, Doctor, suppose you tell us who committed the murder in the police commissioner's office. Oh, what's the... Uh, don't let the uh, water glass worry you, Doctor. Who committed the... Ellery, he's... Too nervous to speak, eh, Dr. McKing? <laughs> well, it happens to the best of us. In just a moment, I'll give you the solution to tonight's mystery, but first... control room cut our armchair detective's room off the air that night just in time as Nikki and I hurried around the table to Dr. McKing's chair. Uh, he fell off his chair. Doctor. Uh, Queen. Queen, I... I'm poisoned. Poisoned? By what, Dr. McKing? Uh, what then? Uh, search Rosemary. <gasps> Doctor. Search Rosemary? That's his wife. Dr. McKing. Hillary, call a Doctor. For what, Nicky? Hillary, what's going on in here? What's happened to your guest? Say, it's dead, Phil. Dead? But we're still on the air. Nicky, the poison is in that glass of water McKing just drank. Our water? From the pitcher? Pitcher's loaded with it, too. Smell this, Phil. Huh? Oh, what am I doing? Hillary, for the love of Mike, we're still on. You've got to finish the show. Solve oh. the murder. Yes, solve the murder, yes. Phil, have this room guarded till we're off the air. Nicky? Yes, Hillary. Back to the mic. <laughs> I don't know how we got through the rest of the program. My mind's a blank on the whole thing. But the minute we went off the air that evening, Ellery hurried back to the guest room to solve a very different kind of murder. The murder of his own armchair detective. No, no, no. I didn't, Inspector Queen. I didn't, I tell you. Mrs. McKean, your husband's dying words were to search you. Well, you didn't find anything on me, did you? The idea of murder is ridiculous. Queen, my brother probably committed suicide. Impossible, bud. The poison that killed him comes only in liquid form, so it must have been in a container. And there's no poison container of any kind, either on Dr. McKean's body or in this room. Inspector. Billy. I found it. Ah. The bottle's empty, Inspector, but smell it. Uh -huh. This is it, all right. Sergeant, where'd you find that bottle? On the floor of that glass and closed booth where Mrs. McKean, Bud McKean, and Miss Woolen were watching the broadcast, Maestro. The client's booth? Oh, Nicky, feeling better? Oh, yes, Ellery. Yeah. Oh, no one else was in that booth, Inspector, just his wife, his brother, and his secretary. Sort of simplifies it. Ellery. 
You sure the water in this picture was okay when the McKean party first came in here with you and Nicky? Before we went in the air? Positive, Dad. Oh, Inspector Ellery drank a glass full of it himself. So one of these three dropped the poison into the picture before Miss Porter escorted him out. And disposed of the empty bottle in the booth, huh? Afraid we forced the poison in his hand, Nicky, by sending them into that booth. Mrs. McKean, it looks as if your husband had noticed you fooling around with that picture. If Marty had seen me drop poison into the water, would he have drunk any of it? Rosemary's got a point there, Inspector. He probably didn't get the significance of what he'd seen until he realized he was poisoned. But when he does realize it, he says to search you for the bottle. Mr. But why should I murder Marty? I loved my husband. I loved him dearly. Life won't be the same. I'll say it won't. Miss Woolen. Oh. What did you say? Oh, nothing. Nothing. What did you mean, Miss Woolen? Yes, go on, Elsie. Say it. All right, I will. Dr. McKing was the kindest husband in the world to her. And all she cared about was money. Money for clothes and furs and jewelry. And when he had to close down her charge account, she... She poisoned him. Out of revenge, huh, Miss Willen? No, for his estate. His will leaves everything to her. That's why Mrs. McKing poisoned him. For his money. Well, Mrs. McKing? What can I say, Mr. Cream, that I'm innocent? I've already told you that a dozen times. True, I've been extravagant, and I was angry when Monty clamped down on me, but commit murder for money? The man I loved? Henry, come out with me a minute. Oh, yes, Dad. Shut the door. Well, shut it. It's shut, Dad. Oh. Well, these blamed radio doors. What do you think, son? I don't know. The king did put the finger on his wife. Well, it may have been no more than a stab in the dark, Dad. Certainly not enough to hold her on. I think I'll send her home. And have Veely gum through the house on the QT. Might send Nikki home with her, too. Good idea, Dad. She could snoop out information where they wouldn't give us time of day. I'm blasted. Sure, but what? Well, Dad, ever since McKing said search Rosemary, I've had the weirdest feeling that... That he meant something else? I don't know. I had the feeling there's a clue. A clue I've missed or forgotten. A clue that ties in with McKing's dying words. Maybe something that happened during the... Of course. You've got it? No, Dad. No, but I know where I can get it. Talk sense. Well, they always make recordings of the Queen shows, Dad. Now, you go ahead with your plans. I'm going to take a recording of tonight's show home and play it back. All night, if necessary. To spot that whatever it is. Bring that drought suddenly attacked my vocal cords. Simple, we'll irrigate them, Nicky. Will you oblige? I'm way ahead of you, Ellery. Here you are, Dr. McKing. A nice, wet glass of water. Spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's here. It's here somewhere. Modest, Ellery. You're not the worst offender by any means. <laughs> oh, you're sometimes guilty of ellipses. Oh, it can't be there. Variance, irrelevant allusions, pleonasm. Yeah. Uh... Said to be able to whip up a mean bouillabaisse, Doctor. Oh, yes, Nicky. I am an enthusiastic amateur chef. Doesn't your wife... Wait a minute, chef. On the contrary, Nicky. Chef. Mrs. McKean. Chef, can it be that... Amateur chef. Doesn't your wife... That's it. Who is it? Miss Porter? Bud McKean? Yes. 
May I come in? Uh, wait a minute. What do you want? I saw the light under your door. I've been reading. What are you doing back at your brother's house, Mr. McKinney? I thought you left after we got Rosemary to bed. Oh, I went home, but then I thought, with Monty, well, Rosemary in such a spot, may I come in and chin for a while? Uh, I'm sorry. It's after three. What do you want? Oh, scared to death, huh? Good night. Oh, what's your hurry? Your foot, Mr. McKinney. Uh, you're full of that murder op, too, aren't you? And it's even made you afraid of me. Please take your foot away. I want to go to bed. Don't think Gallery's pulling the wool over my eyes. You're a spy. He planted you here. Let go of the door. Monty wasn't murdered. It was suicide. You've been drinking. Get out. I know what you think, that I'm in love with Rosemary, that I killed my brother to get his wife. If you don't go don't away, I... lie. There's never been a thing between Rosemary and me. Not a thing. <sighs> Sergeant Bailey. Sergeant... You still down there? Oh, Miss Porter, what's the matter? Oh, uh, nothing, nothing, Sergeant. I, I just want to make sure you, you were there. Everything okay up there, Miss P? Well, uh, yes, yes. I, I tucked Rosemary McKing into Betty by at half past ten, and Miss Woolen went to her room hours ago. Uh, you sound shaky. You sure everything's all right? Oh, well, Sergeant, Button McKing just came back to the house. I know. I saw him go in, but he didn't try to sneak in, so hey, maybe I'd better come in at that. What was that? Huh? Oh, for heaven's sake. What's wrong now, Miss Porter? Don't you hear it, Sergeant? Sounds as if someone was breaking up the house. I better go see what's happening. No, the... wait till I... Downstairs. Funny. It stopped. Who... Who's that downstairs? What happened? Where's the ticket? There's a light... Ought to be around it. Miss Porter. Miss Porter. Miss Porter. What the? Miss Porter. Inspector's here. He just came. How you feeling, Nikki? Inspector Queen. She's still groggy. I was upstairs. Well, you're downstairs now, Nikki. Bailey carried you here from the upper hall where he found you. Out cold. Then he phoned me at headquarters. I had been working late. Oh, what's the matter with my head? Somebody used it for target practice, Miss Porter. Well, they scored a bullseye. Oh. Well, who was it? Who did it? Bailey was too late, Nikki. But it's somebody who was in the house. I checked right away, but the two women were in their room sleeping, or making believe they were sleeping. And I found Bud McKing on a couch in the upstairs hall, snoring off a load. We've got him locked in separate rooms. Dad. Hillary. Where the heck are you been, Maestro? I tried calling you at home, but no answer. Must have been on my way over here, Sergeant. Mickey. Hi, Mr. Q. Mickey, you're hurt. Got a crack on the skull, Sam. Maybe I have a concussion. Oh, Mickey. Hillary, hold me close. Baby. What are you two standing here for? Didn't you call a doctor? Nikki, honey. Closer. Oh, she's okay, maestro. I am not, Sergeant. Why, you... Oh. Nikki, what were you doing? Snooping. Why? 
Well, I heard someone going berserk in some room downstairs. Really? By the time Nikki got out into the upstairs hall, it was all over, and she bumped into the... whoever it was in the dark. He grabbed her. Downstairs. The kitchen, wasn't it? How'd you know? I want to see it. Which way? Come on. Hey, wait for me. Hurry up, Nikki. Wouldn't care if I dropped dead right in this spot, Ellery. Probably Gordon. too late. I should have foreseen that the killer would What are you it. talking about, Plans Ellery? Here gets me half killed. Here's the kitchen, my And then he won't even wait. Well, for the... Look at this place. A wreck. Dishes broken, furniture knocked over. It's a search or something, but why? Then why in the kitchen? Remember Dr. McKing's dying words? Search Rosemary. Meaning his wife. Not necessarily. Not his wife? But Ellery, Rosemary. That's Mrs. McKing's first name, sir. It's also the name of something else. Dr. McKing was an amateur chef, an enthusiastic cook. And this ought to be the spice cabinet. Spice cabinet. Who got that cracker in the head, anyway? Old clothes, thyme, mace, marjoram, sage, basil, nutmeg, whole ginger... Ah, look. Rosemary. Huh? Rosemary. And her abused in cooking. When he said search Rosemary, he meant to finish a sentence. Or search Rosemary jar in spice cabinet or something like that. Search Rosemary jar? Well, well, search it. If I'm right, there'll be something in this jar, unless the searcher beat us to it. He missed it. There is. A wad of typewriter paper. The message the king left there. What's it say, Ellery? Oh, dated ten days ago. Due to a recent disturbing episode, I am writing this note as a precaution. If anyone finds it, I'm the only one who uses the spice cabinet so it is safe against accidental discovery. It will be because they are investigating my murder. The other night, a certain person close to me threatened my life. I was inclined to at first dismiss it as hysteria. Now I am not so sure. If anything happens to me, the person who threatened to kill me was... Oh, Ellery. Come on, maestro. It's Elsie Woolen, my secretary. Signed, Monty McKing. Really? Get that woolen girl down here. (laughs) And it is true, Miss Woolen. Yes, but you did threaten Doctor McKean's life. Yes, but I did. You threatened him. Come on, why? Nikki, you tackle her. Me? Give her some of the old porter treatment, you know, the kind you use on me. I hope I have better luck with her. Uh, Miss Woolen. Elsie. Oh, Miss Porter, they just don't understand. Yes, well, they're men, dear. But Elsie, they'll find out eventually. It's much better to tell the truth. They're really not ogres. You can't blame them, dear. If you refuse to talk, it it looks as if you have something to conceal. Why not tell the whole story? Come on now. I loved him. Ah, Secretary loves both. Vicky, shut up. I kept it locked up for so long. But one night it came out. Monty told me he loved his wife. I guess I said some foolish things. But I didn't poison him last night. I didn't. You can't prove I did because I didn't. Try to prove it. Go ahead, try. Hey, it's all right, Beely. She's not going anywhere. Because she's right. We can't prove it. All this does is to uncover another possible motive. This is a toughie. This would be about the time for the great Ellery Queen to come up with one of his miraculous solutions, wouldn't it? Oh, Nikki, how did you know? Oh, no. Ellery. Yes, Dad. Now I know who murdered Dr. McKing. 
And there, ladies and gentlemen, you have the mystery. Now, suppose you home armchair detectives and our guests in the studio compare solutions. Mickey? Ellery, I'm happy to introduce the charming proprietress of one of Hollywood's most popular syndicated columns, Miss Sheila Graham. Good evening, Miss Graham, and uh, welcome to the armchair. Thank you, but uh, after listening to your mystery tonight, I'm a little worried about occupying this post. Oh, <laughs> you have nothing <laughs> to be afraid of. Uh, perhaps you'd like a glass of water to help you relax. Heavens, no! <laughs> That's the last thing in the world I'd want. Well, I can't say that I blame you. But now suppose we get down to business. Tell me, who do you think is the criminal in tonight's story? Well, it's very complicated tonight. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but I think Miss Woolen, the secretary, did it. I see. And uh, you your see, reason? It, uh, well, it was a very subtle murder. Mm -hmm. It takes a smart girl to murder a man like that and took a lot of preparation. Secretaries yes. are usually rather smart, and, and she knew this man. And she knew uh, that he might get thirsty. He obviously got thirsty very often in his mm -hmm. office. And also, he said that somebody uh, very hysterically threatened his life yes. previously. You mean in the note he left? Yes, for in the note he left. Mm -hmm. And she was a very hysterical woman, so I think Miss Woolen did it. Thank oh, you very, very much, Miss Sheila Graham. We'll find out in just a moment if your solution is correct. Now, here is Paul Masterson. A second great war has in the not-too-distant past drawn to a close. The magnificent, self-sacrificing work of the International Red Cross will long be remembered. At home, the American Red Cross has always been on the job whenever disaster struck, whether it was a tornado, earthquake, fire, or flood. It is our duty and our privilege to help make the 1948 Red Cross campaign the best ever. The quota is set at $75 million dollars. By giving to the Red Cross, you are giving directly to your relatives and friends and the armed forces and here at home. Let's make 1948 the banner year in donations to the American Red Cross. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. He's just too, too smart. Always knows the answer to mysteries. Well, I want to hear it. Mickey, pipe down. What have you got, Elry? Swelled head. Mickey. <laughs> it's all right, Dad. It's that crack on the skull. Well, now, what was Dr. Monty McKing's profession? What was he most famous for? His radio program. McKing's English. He's authority on the correct usage of the English language. Then let's take another look at that note we just found in the rosemary jar. I quote, Due to a recent disturbing episode, I am writing, and so forth. Uh, something wrong there, maestro? Well, Sergeant, due to in that sentence is hopelessly incorrect. Oh, it is, huh? It should read, because of a recent disturbance. I'm writing and so forth. Due to can never be used adverbially. Is that so? And this. If anyone finds it, it'll be because they are investigating my murder. Anyone must be followed by he. One can't possibly mean the plural. Oh, Miss Porter is with us again. Yes, Nicky. Another mistake. And this. I was inclined to at first dismiss... A split infinitive. A split in what? <laughs> In other words, this short note, purportedly from the pen of an authority on correct English, reveals not one, not two, but three of the commonest errors of usage. Incredible. Conclusion, Dr. McKing did not write the note. It's a phony. Uh, I mean, a forgery. And since the note was not written by Dr. McKing, it was not left in the rosemary jar by Dr. McKing either. Someone else left the note in the jar, obviously the real writer of the note, the forger. But Ellery, why? What was accomplished by it? Well, a great deal, Dad. It made us believe that the word rosemary in Dr. McKing's dying statement, search rosemary, meant rosemary the herb rather than rosemary the name of a woman. 
And who gains by our thinking that the victim was not accusing a woman named Rosemary, but was merely telling us to look for a note in a spice jar? Only Rosemary McKing herself. She did poison her husband. Try to twist his accusation of her to mean something entirely different, because she had a guilty conscience. So tonight, after I put her to bed, she forged her husband's signature to a note accusing Elsie Woolen, then sneaked downstairs, left the note in the Rosemary jar as a blind... And then Nicky deliberately led us to that jar. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Led us to the jar, Maestro? Well, by wrecking the kitchen, Sergeant. What was that but a clever device to draw our attention to it? Mm. To make us search it and find her plant in the rosemary jar. And then on her way back upstairs, she bumped into me in the dark and let me have it. Uh, 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 uh. At that, Rosemary's attempt to lead us down a false trail might have succeeded. If only she'd learned from her victim the rules governing the English language. Well, here's where she learned something about the rules governing murder. Really? Oh, Rosemary McKing, for the murder of... of my armchair detective. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yes, sir. And there, ladies and gentlemen, you have the solution to our mystery. Thank you again, Miss Sheila Graham, for serving as our guest armchair detective this evening. As mementos of the occasion, I have for you a copy of my latest mystery anthology, The Queen's Awards, 1947 and a subscription to Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. Ah, oh, Paul. Feeling all right? Well, I guess we're okay. There have been no calls yet asking if our armchair detective's really been knocked off. <laughs> and what are you worried about? Among other things, Ellery, next week. And never mind about next week. What's the matter, Nikki? What gives next week that it darkens the fair brow and brings lightning into those beauteous orbs? Why, Paul. <laughs> well, it's nothing, Nikki. I, I guess you bring out the poet in me. Paul. Nikki. Remember me? Go away. Uh, not you, Nicky. Yes, I remember you, Ellery Q. I remember that female, too. <laughs> what female? <laughs> Nicky's referring to next week's problem, Paul. I'll say she was a problem. Uh, what was her... Uh, I mean, its name, Ellery. Well, you were right the first time, Paul. I call her... Uh, I mean, it. The Farmer's Daughter. Ellery Queen saying good night until next week and enlisting all Americans every night and every day in the fight against bad citizenship, bigotry, and discrimination, the crimes which are weakening America. All names used on this program are fictitious and do not refer to real people, either living or dead. Among the members of tonight's cast were Larry Dobkin, Herb Butterfield, Kay Brinker, Alan Reed, Joan Banks, Bill Johnston, Charles Seal, Ann Morrison, and Joe Kearns. Music was by Rex Corey, direction by Dick Woolen, entire production under the supervision of Ellery Queen. Now, a listening reminder. For a hilarious combination of spring fever and spring house cleaning, listen when Willie Piper's spring fever combats his wife's feverish energy on Tales of Willie Piper tonight. The preceding program came to you by transcription. The best time to plan for the future of your children is when they're small. That's the time to set up a nest egg for their education. And your banker will tell you that the best way to do it is to put the money into United States savings bonds. So set up that education fund now in United States savings bonds. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. This is Andrew Rines with otrwesterns.com, where we stream live old-time radio westerns 
24 hours a day, 7 days a week, with a special twist. You select the tracks that get to be played. We've got a thousand different episodes from shows like Gunsmoke, Tales of the Texas Rangers, Escape, Gene Autry, and many more. Come check us out at otrwesterns.com slash live. Again, that's otrwesterns.com slash live. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio with Adam Graham. And now, let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, this has got to be the most uh, meta detective show uh, we've ever had. This makes uh, Johnny Dollar running into listeners seem quite tame by comparison. It's an interesting idea, and I think they did a good job of it. I uh, think they were trying to avoid going for a sort of, wouldn't have been as bad as a War of the Worlds panic, but they didn't want people going around saying... Did you hear how somebody got killed at ABC? Recording Ellery Queen. And it was clear that, uh, so that it didn't happen, uh, live. It happened a long time ago. Back when we were on NBC or CBS. Of course, the case was a little bit of misdirection because the only reason the police thought that Rosemary meant something other than the woman's name is because Ellery said that's what he felt. Though, as uh, Inspector Queen said, they didn't quite have any evidence. So it all turned out for the best. Well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback. And Joan comments regarding the saga of Ruffy Ruff that it was uh, nice. It was a nice surprise to find uh, Jack Webb in the show. This only goes to uh, prove we must listen even more carefully to the voices as we listen to the different shows. I miss the regular actors of Ellery Queen as we heard them in previous shows, and because of this, I only have listened to this show. I didn't like the replacement actors as well as I liked the ones before. Well, I guess the the case of the Ellery Queen radio show at this point is if you don't like the cast, they will change. And of course, we had a change with Virginia Gregg out replaced by Kay Brinker. The interesting thing about uh, Kay Brinker is she had worked on Ellery Queen before. And she had actually married Ellery Queen, or one half of the writing team that produced the books. She was the wife of, of Manfred Lee. She married him in 1942, and they had eight children together. And here she's returning to the role of Nicky Porter in 1948. Of course, this would also mark the departure, as I said, of Larry Dopkin. Now, we don't know if this was his last recorded episode, but it's the last episode in existence. And the way that Dopkin tells it, he was very unceremoniously dismissed. He told Martin Grahams that uh, one day he was just told that he was not going to be back as Ellery Queen and not to show up at the studio next week. Was given no reason why he was dismissed. And again, uh, from everything in Dopkin's career, he continued to be much in demand, a very great professional. But he was replaced by Howard Culver, who we'll hear next week. Now we do turn to a listener uh, review over in the iTunes store. Uh, Bill J. Wright, some of these I heard when they first aired. It is interesting uh, on the personalities of normal people as portrayed then compared to as portrayed now. 
Indeed, it really is. And I do think that there were some big differences. While certainly some of the portrayals were silly or over-the-top or unrealistic, even on the more um, closest we got to reality programs, stuff like People Are Funny, uh, there was a different way people talked and carried themselves even if they didn't know they were being recorded. Well, during our listener support week, we discuss programs that will be coming to you during our 2015-2016 season which gets underway the last week of October. Still to come this season, on uh, Mondays we'll be starting up with Michael Shane, and that will uh, run through that whole season. On Tuesday, we actually have two more series we're going to introduce in the 2014-2015 season with Hearthstone of the Death Squad and Crime Files of Flamond. For those of you who love Basil Rathbone, he'll be back, though not as Sherlock Holmes. He'll be starring in Tales of Fatima for two weeks. And then, I know a lot of people have asked for The Shadow. And I've explained the program status. We just can't bring it to you. However, we are going to bring you a show that's very much like The Shadow. In fact, it stars one of the actor, Mr. James Monks, who starred in Mr. Moto. And uh, I thought that it was a supernatural show. But as I listened to it, it turned out to really be a detective story with a little bit of a shadowish element uh, thrown in. And I thought, uh, this isn't something we should do as an extra. This is something we should bring to the great detectives. So we will bring you The Avenger. Then the ABC Mystery Theater featuring Mark Saber and uh, Defense Attorney. And finally, The Private Files of Rex Saunders. These are all fairly short series, with the exception of The Avengers, but I trust you will uh, enjoy them. All right, well, that will do it for today. Remember to support our listener support campaign. And if you do support the program, among the optional thank you gifts available, at the $50 level, we'll send you your choice of any Poirot or Father Brown release from the BBC. And at the $100 level, we will gladly send you Poirot's Finest Cases, featuring eight BBC Radio 4 Poirot stories, full cast, fully dramatized by the BBC, and that is with a donation of $100 or more. Full list of available items are at support.greatdetectives.net. And you can uh, give monthly at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, we'll return tomorrow with the adventures of Philip Marlowe. And we'll let you know what programs will be coming to Wednesday. And you want to be sure and listen. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.